Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to the podcast. We have some amazing stories of media malpractice today, including Chuck Todd, who, I mean, it was so bad they actually had to apologize for it, but you need to hear how bad the, the edit was that they made to try to make someone in the Trump administration look bad. Um, we also have some interesting information on UFOs, and <laughs> there's, you know, it's maybe the most interesting part of it is where it's coming from. I mean, it's the government saying it's true. We'll get into that as well. Also, um, we're going to talk about the Tara Reid interview with Megyn Kelly that happened over the weekend. Then we have Megyn Kelly on tomorrow's show uh, to talk about it, but uh, there's more, uh, you know, she came off as pretty credible. What do you think about it? And also, Carl Mankey, he's the owner of a barber shop in Michigan. He is saying, you know what? I, I can't stay home anymore. We've got to open up, even though they're supposed to stay home no matter what. He's facing uh, a legal showdown as well over this trying to put food on the table for his family and uh, and make ends meet. And we'll get into that as well today. Uh, the blazetv.com slash Glenn deal for 30 bucks off is still active as of right now. I think they're ending it this week, though. So if you want to save 30 bucks on your membership, go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn for 30 bucks off. And subscribe and rate to this podcast. Also, will be going on Stu Does America. You can get that for free as well. Every episode, if you want to watch it on YouTube, just go to YouTube and search for Stu, and I'll be the first one there. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the program on Friday. I took a show we were doing uh, lightly. I happen to believe what Carl Sagan was true. If we're alone in the universe, it's a colossal waste of space. Um, I don't believe we're alone in the universe, but I'm also not somebody who's like, we got to go to Area 51 and get those bodies and resuscitate them. Um, I I don't know what I believe on UFOs. Some of them, I'm like, I, I don't know, could be something the governments are developing. You know, I don't know. I'm not an expert in this. Well, we had two experts on on Friday's program on our television show, the um, G- uh, Glenn Beck exclusive on Blaze TV. And it was hair raising. First guy was with the intelligence uh, community. I think he was director of intelligence for um, Clinton and George W. Bush. The other guy was the man appointed to the role to look into UFOs by General Petraeus. And I asked them at the very beginning, I said, why is this all of a sudden coming out? And why is the Pentagon releasing stuff? And they said, well, the Pentagon actually hasn't really released uh, the stuff until this week. They have come out and they've said three pieces of film that you have seen uh, are legitimate and they have no idea what they are. Um, they are officially unidentified flying objects. The reason why they're doing this is really important. 
And I'll get to that here in a second. Let me show you one clip. This is the one that came out early 2000s. This was after 9-11. And uh, one, of our, one of our ships caught this particular UFO. And it doesn't look like anything here. But what it does is remarkable. It is something the first time that we had caught an unidentified flying object on AWAC uh, on uh, ship radar, the, the, the best radars we have. It locked onto this, both the ship and the plane. The instrumentation on the fighter jets that were dispatched to it also locked onto this. Uh, and you had, I think, eight eyewitnesses as well who were in the jet. So this is the first time we had documented where the people and the instruments all said the same thing. And the reason why this is so significant is because we were wargaming. And this was uh, engaging almost in a dogfight. Uh, I had not heard this part of the story, uh, but I had heard that there are these coordinates. When, you know, when they say we're going to dogfight, they dogfight over an area, and then there's like a safe zone. It's outside of the wargaming area. And I had heard that when we had locked onto it and started to really get close, it went. To the safe zone, which to me would say, um, you know, we don't want to fight. We're, we're just we're not here to fight. We're not hostile. That's not what happened. What happened is it went to the exact coordinates of the center of the dogfight. The the seat, top secret uh, coordinates that only the the fighters had been given in a briefing. So. And I said to him, what are the odds that that was, you know, by chance? And they said, zero, zero. It was a message. And the guy from the DIA said it was a very clear message. Now, in the interview, I found out why it's very clear and why this is starting to happen now. Why are we starting to see more of this stuff and talk about it? Because they said things have changed. Not only can we verify now. But um, they are targeting and examining and dogfighting, if you will, in very aggressive manners, our ships, our military, and we assume it's happening to others, but it's definitely happening with the United States, uh, with our military and our nuclear missile silos. They have been tracked this this one that I just showed you, if you're watching Blaze TV, they tracked it for six days for six days. Here's another one. This is can you go to the this one? See this one over. This is about 50 feet in diameter and it's flying just over the surface of the ocean. They're going to try to capture it here. Okay. Now, the reason why they're celebrating, it is traveling at about 2,000 miles an hour. And they're a 50-foot object moving that fast, hard to grab onto. But they got it. Now, watch. 
There's no system of propulsion. It stops at one point, dead stops and hovers. And then it goes from zero to 6,000 in two seconds. So I said, so why, so why are we, why are, why is the Pentagon telling us this? They said, because we don't know if it's a threat, but it has to be thought of as a threat until we know what it is. And they are convinced it does not come from earth because there's no technology that's even close to this. We're the leader in this kind of technology, but even if somebody else was surpassing us with secret research, everything that they would be producing would be so radically different because of the advancement of this technology. This is a hundred times more than what we could even imagine at this point. And apparently we have pieces of some of these things and the alloy is not from around these parts. And they think that we need to wake the American people up because we are being probed. Pat Gray joins us. Pat. Mm-hmm. What I, do you think of that? I, it makes me question. I mean, if they're that advanced, they already know what they can do, right? Why would they be probing us, testing us? They already know. I mean, so yeah, I think it's a good said, thing that we've not been destroyed said, already. <laughs> right. He, he, he said that's the message that he thinks they're trying to send. Don't even. Yeah. Don't. Don't we, mess with we, us. They. They were like, there's no way they could get those coordinates. Those are the most sophisticated encryption uh, devices we have. There's no way somebody could get those coordinates. And they had them. And he said, by the way, they're dogfighting. And he said, it is happening every day, all the time. Really? And he said, yeah. And he said, the way they are pursuing us is hostile in nature, but trying to show us you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. Whatever maneuver you do, we beat you. Huh. Which is, again, if they wanted to shoot down our planes, they could have. But they haven't. So, wouldn't that... Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't that tend to make you believe that their their intent is not hostile? It would for me. Yeah, I would hope that they've watched Star Trek and they're, you know, doing the, the you know, what is <laughs> the it? United the United Federation prime of Planets directive. and the, yeah, the prime yeah. directive prohibits them from yeah. interfering in our, in our affairs. Right. So. And they, and they're only going to help us, uh, <laughs> you know, please suck all of our politicians up into the sky. Please yes. do it. It would be fantastic. Yes. And suck uh, the virus up in the sky you while, while you're at it. Suck that back up with you too. That would be great. Yeah. Thank you. So bizarre, bizarre, really weird, but really fascinating going from zero to 6,000. And you would think outside of the atmosphere. And since they got here from somewhere else and there's nowhere in the neighborhood that's uh, that's uh, inhabited, they must have better technology even than we're seeing here. Oh, yeah. I mean, way better. Have to. Yeah. Have to. But, I mean, there's nothing that, there's no alloy, there's no metal, there's nothing, let alone bags of water, that can take that kind of G-force. Yeah. Nothing. Yes. And and they said that there's no, I mean, when you hear these guys talking, just, if you're not a member of the Blaze, subscribe to Blaze TV. There's a 10-minute clip on my YouTube page 
Um, but uh, but but watch this. It is absolutely incredible. T- Tanya, I said to her on Friday, I said, I just did a show on you. We've got to watch it with the kids. We got busy. We didn't watch it. And I said to uh, I said to uh, Tanya, she said, oh, it's like midnight, 1230. And she said, we didn't watch that uh, UFO thing. I really wanted to see it. And I said, uh, I'm just going to watch it here as we fall asleep. You, you know, watch. Well, she started watching it, became wide awake and was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> what? I think we should watch this with the kids. Uh, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Really. And so the Pentagon and, must be somewhat concerned that they are, in fact, it, there might be hostile, hostile intent there, though. Right. It sounds like it sounds like that as they said, as they said, because I tried to get them to say a few things because it was clear what they were saying, um, you know, that it wasn't from here and the way they were talking about the dog fights and everything else. And I said, so. It, how, how do we know if how do we know the intent? And they kept saying, we don't know how it even works. We don't know what it is. So we have to assume it's a te- as warriors and protectors. We have to assume that it is hostile. They said it's it's like if you locked your doors and windows, put on all the alarms, had guards around your house and in the morning you woke up and there were muddy footprints across your carpet mm. and everything mm-hmm. no one reported anything you would say okay guys what happened and you'd go that's weird but if it kept happening and muddy footprints you would say guys there's something in my house i don't know what it is i know it sounds crazy but i have to look at this as a threat to my children why is it here what is it yeah and what is it that's that, the way they're looking at him what is it that they have pieces of that they're analyzing and, and trying didn't to say. figure out didn't say hmm. so you don't know didn't if it's say. aircraft said they had or, the alloys no they said they had the al- they had pieces of the metal of the alloys hmm. and they said it's not it's got an extra neutron it's not from these parts wow and they don't they they said they don't even know how to reproduce it does that mean that something one of them has crashed here and don't I didn't they didn't say they wouldn't answer i said well wait 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 what was how is it and they they wouldn't say mm. they wow. weren't really they weren't intentionally they they didn't seem like they were trying to throw anybody off or they just were very very good at not telling secrets <laughs> you know wow. yeah they're just good at this and i have to tell you it reminded me and tell me if this isn't exactly from the War of the Worlds broadcast in 1939. In War of the Worlds, Orson Welles opened up that broadcast with this paragraph. Listen to this. We now know that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences far greater than man's, and yet as mortal as his own. We now know that as human, busy, uh, human beings busied themselves about their various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied, perhaps almost as narrowly as a man with a microscope might scrutinize the transient creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. 
With infinite complacence, people went to and fro the earth about their little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small spinning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design man has inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. Yet across an immense ethereal gulf, minds that are to our minds as ours are to the beasts in the jungle, intellects vast, cool, and unsympathetic, regarded this earth with envious eyes and slowly and surely drew their plans against us. Now, I don't know about the last couple of lines, but everything else is exactly what we're experiencing right now. Last week was a very big day uh, or a very big week for UFO supporters uh, and should have been front page news because for the first time, Pentagon verified, yes, they're out there and we have no idea what they are. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Several years ago, I uh, talked about run from your church. If your church church is teaching social justice, run from your church. Uh, Social justice does not exist in God's world. There is only Two kinds of justice. There's God's justice, which is absolute, permanent, and fair and just. Then there's man's justice. Man's justice goes from anywhere from, you know, Stalin and the red trials to honest people gathering together, trying to really find the answer, putting it through a court of law, and come what may, that's what happened. Okay. But that's not perfect. It's not perfect. Social justice is, yeah, well, if he didn't do this, he did something else. It doesn't matter what we get him on. He's a bad guy. They're good. No matter what they've done, they're good because they've had problems in their lives. And so we'll get this bad guy. Yeah, I know he didn't do this, but he's done something else. That's where the mentality is with Donald Trump. They don't care what he actually did. They just got to get him on something. That's what they did with Michael Flynn. They didn't care what the truth was. They just needed to discredit him and get him out because social justice demands it. Mike Pence, you know, last week the story broke that uh, he was delivering these empty boxes of PPEs. No, if you actually look at the videotape, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But the New York Times and everybody else reported that those were empty boxes. No, they weren't. You didn't even check because it doesn't matter. Empty box. I don't know. I heard it. I didn't check. I mean, that's probably what they do anyway. And if they didn't do that, they're guilty of something else anyway. This is dangerous. This is why you do know that. um, Do you know that Joe Biden, if he were in college He would be found guilty of rape under his Title IX standard that he and Obama put in. His his life would be over because of the standards he said you have to uphold in colleges and universities. His life would be over. 
So why isn't anyone talking about, wait a minute, this is what he did in Title IX. And if we don't agree with him here, what about all those poor kids that are in college that are being accused and convicted of rape socially with social justice? Yeah, they don't go to jail. Oh, well, you don't go to jail, but your life is ruined. But nobody's talking about that. Why? Because it's connected to politics. Do you know that the majority of Americans still believe the now debunked dossier from Steele and say that 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 was real? That had real stuff in it about Trump and Russia. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. But now 53% of Americans believe that this discredited document had real stuff in it. it. No, that was real. No, no. And you know why they believe it? Because they want to believe it. And the media enables them. The media divides us. Let me give you another story. There is a, uh, there's a story now, and this is the headline. It comes from the Daily Mail. Shocking video shows white cop repeatedly beating a black man for not social distancing. This is in Jersey City. The police officer who is white repeatedly hits the man who is African-American while he's pinned to the ground. Now activists are calling for the cops to be fired. The film was uh, the clip was filmed by a witness captured by a man trying to raise his arms to protect his face. According to the activists who shared the activists who shared the details of the incident, 20 cops showed up because they weren't social distancing. Well, if you actually watch the whole video, no, it wasn't that they were not social distancing. They were in a brawl. The cops came in to break it up. Now, I'm not defending this one cop, but this isn't about white cop comes for social distancing and beats man half to death. That's not what it is. This is an out of control group of people. Cops are called. They try to break it up. One cop goes too far. Maybe, maybe not. You'd have to decide. To me, it looks pretty bad for the cop. That's a totally different story. But they have to keep us divided. Here's, a, here's one. Uh, try this. The, the, uh, the opinion in the New York Times how Sweden is dealing with coronavirus. Swedes aren't battling coronavirus with broad lockdowns. No, President Trump has described the pandemic as our war with the invisible air enemy, the coronavirus. That war metaphor is wrong and misleading. Okay, wait a minute. So you're holding up Sweden saying that they didn't put any of these draconian things. They kept their businesses open. That's the exact opposite of what you're saying that Donald Trump is doing, which you're saying he's not doing enough of. And by the way, Stu, how Sweden stack up next to us? Our, we, we do pretty well, actually, uh, against them. Uh, our, our numbers and our results have, I would say, be, been better uh, in, a, in, a, in a pretty uh, significant way. Yeah, well, let me just give you from Johns Hopkins University an authoritative voice. Mm -hmm. The United States has stronger performance in preventing the deaths than Sweden, number one, Belgium, Spain, uh, Spain, Italy, the United Kingdom, France, and the Netherlands. But 38% of Americans think that we are doing far worse. Why is that? Because the media has one goal. 
Now, a third of Americans may refuse a coronavirus vaccine, says a new poll. Well, you don't think they're going to let you walk around without a virus, do you? And or without a vaccine. And if you have a vaccine and you won't take it, you're an immediate anti-vaxxer. Well, why is it that people don't trust the vaccines? Because we don't trust the press when they're debunking things. We don't trust the press to tell us the truth. And we certainly don't trust the government. Bill Maher said about Joe Biden's accuser. It leaves us in a world where Republicans don't care about this stuff. So it's just a unilateral weapon that's used against Democrats. Trump rides the bus with the bus with Billy Bush and we throw Al Franken under it. I don't know if you've noticed, but America has turned into a failed state that has done a worse job keeping its citizens alive during the pandemic than Cambodia. Unbelievable. To me, that's a little more important than Tara Reeve, uh, Tara Reed achieving closure. Wow. Okay. Now, why does this matter? Well, because there's two ways. When people in power have truth, and it's different than the actual truth, there's only a couple ways you can go. You can do your part to try to convince people. You can check your own credibility and say, okay, so what is it that we have done that makes people believe this about us? But the media hasn't done that, and neither has Washington. So, okay, uh, social media, have they checked themselves? Nope. Nope, they've doubled down. Now they've got teams of people from the institutions we don't trust editing us. The, the head of product of YouTube says that people in their basement, they can't have opinions on smart stuff on news. What do they know? Excuse me? That you built your platform for those people. You gave people a voice and now you're shutting them down because you don't like the truth because somebody that the rest of America doesn't trust says to you, they've got to come to us for that news oh okay so they can check themselves but they're not doing that or they can start to become draconian on any other voice and silence those voices well they've already started but remember it's suggest shove shoot now, we're already at the shove part. They're now demonetizing. They're now calling you all kinds of names. They're making you into a pariah. They're doing everything they can to shove you into silence. The next one is, well, this story. On April 24th, Natali Levveda, uh, a chief emergency medical service, uh, uh, service uh, training base for uh, Russian astronauts, fell out of a window at the hospital she was being treated for for COVID-19 infection, and she died. Next, the top doctor at a hospital in Siberia fell out of a window during a conference call at her hospital and died May 1st. The next day, an ambulance doctor fell from a second-story window in the hospital where he had worked, where he was given treatment for COVID-19. 
Russian authorities are investigating all three incidences. Really? Are they, are they, they have a problem with the windows in Russia? The first doctor was on a conference call with the top Russian health official about plans of turning one of the buildings of her medical facility into a coronavirus ward. She vehemently disagreed with the idea and then fell out of the window. The other one posted a video online the day he was admitted for the coronavirus care, complaining that he had been forced to work despite contracting the disease. He then later retracted his comments on video and then fell out the window. People, for some reason, just think these things don't happen. They think that Obama plotting with Joe Biden, the Hillary team, with our former attorney general, and heads of intelligence, James Clapper, they, they just think that there's no way he would ever do this. But they'll believe that from any Republican, but no way he would do it. They're people, gang. They're people who like power. They're people who will do anything to run for president and become president. They're not normal. No normal human being says, I'm willing to put my family through this. You have to really believe in something. And so what is it you believe in? Well, Barack Obama believed that America was not a great place the way it was. And he needed to be fundamentally transformed. And he was the first president that was actually able to do something about it. And he wasn't going to have somebody change all of the policies. So when he left, yes, it makes sense that he would do that feeling justified because they all believed the same thing and they all believed the other people were stupid. You need to find sources of truth. You need to learn how to do your own homework. You need to not accept things that people, if you happen to agree with me, like me, do not accept them on face value. Do your own homework. A, I can and have gotten it wrong at times. B, I want you to call me out when we have it wrong because it keeps me honest. No one is calling the media out that they care about. That's the problem. Government and the media have become one. They're not afraid of you. You must let your voice be heard. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. It is Monday. I can't wait to talk to this guy. He is uh, he's the owner of Carl Mankey's Barber and Beauty Shop. He's in Owasso, uh, Michigan. He has been told that he has to close his business. Uh, he said, and I want to quote him. He said, I'm not trying to be a scofflaw, which is one of my favorite words from the prohibition era uh i'm just trying to make a living i tried for unemployment i was denied twice on unemployment i haven't seen any one of those other checks from the government 
So last week, he opened up and he was told, you have to close down. Don't come back here Monday. Um, I want to give you I want to give you what the court said or what the governor's office said. Mr. Mankey has been given every opportunity to voluntarily uh, comply with the governor's executive order and the order of Michigan's Department of Health and Services director. As a result of his continued operation today, his business was deemed an imminent danger, an imminent danger to public health in order to be shut down by the DHS director. If he refuses, the Department of Attorney General will request an order from the uh, county circuit court on Monday to close his business. Mr. Mankey's actions are not a display of harmless civil disobedience. His actions are counterproductive to the collective effort businesses and communities everywhere have made to slow the spread of COVID-19. And by opening the doors to his business, he's putting the lives of many more Michiganders uh, at risk. He said to us on Friday he was opening up. He had no intention of keeping his doors closed. Let's talk to him now on this Monday morning. How are you, sir? Very well, Carl. Good morning. Uh, it's great to talk to you. Uh, did you open your business today? I, I most certainly did. Okay. I did. I opened my Tell business. Tell me. I had uh, six or eight troopers that came in here last Friday, I believe it was. The days are starting to kind of mull together. But I believe it was Friday. They were kind of handpicked by the governor. You know, I don't think anybody wanted to do it. But they had eight uh, troopers that came in here. And I'm a family shop. You know, I've got, I had a mom in here with quadruplets, and they're bouncing around, playing, you know, one thing and another as best they can. And, of course, everybody, you know, else that's in here, they're all family people. And they had this show of force that was really kind of... Uh, it was awkward in so many ways, you know, but uh, I was respectful to them. You know, I, I had, as a matter of fact, I had a state policeman in my shop at that time waiting to get a haircut. So, you know, he's kind of watching. The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> he told me at that time, so, he says, the governor had to handpick those people. He says nobody else would have wanted to do it. So he says uh, they, they were pretty well picked out who she wanted to, to do that stuff. So, yeah, it was kind of kind of comical. So, Carl, you said you're not trying to poke fun at the law. You're not trying. You're not trying to make light of this situation. Tell me about that. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm. I've been a law-abiding citizen my entire life, and when the legislative branch said that they uh, decided that she can't do this, she's gone over her 28 days. She defied them. She broke their law then and decided that she was going to arbitrarily fall back on, on, a, on a 1945 law that, you know, gave her eminent uh, power, you know. And, uh, no, you know, I, really, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not here to, to uh, create a big ruckus. I came in this barbershop a week ago on Monday, you know, and uh, I was uh, concerned. I was afraid. I was fearful. But, you know, I couldn't go another 30 days without an income. You know, I'd already gone from March 21st until the 1st of May. That's six weeks I went, you know, and I could not, I couldn't go another month. You know, I have bills to pay. I have obligations, you know, and uh, I just couldn't do it. So I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to, that, that old serenity prayer, you know, God grant mm -hmm. me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage, courage to change those things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And I've, uh, that prayer has been in my life for quite a few years. 
And, you know, I, I took that courage and opened my shop. And uh, I thought, I'm going to twist in the wind here by myself, you know. I thought, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand my ground. And I have had thousands, thousands and thousands of people, you know, just supporting me. It's unbelievable. It's overwhelming, the support that I've gotten in this. And I'm not a scofflaw. No, I'm not. You know, and I made the statement that I would uh, I'd close my shop the day they, they come in here with handcuffs or Jesus comes, one or the other, whichever comes first. You know, I'd close my shop. But until that time, I'm open. So, Carl, what do you expect? They they said on Friday that if you don't comply, they will charge you with contempt of court and uh, they'll close you down today. Well, you know, I, I had an attorney come forward. He's, uh, he's pretty good, you know, and he, so far he's been able to hold them off. So I'm not, that's the legal end of it. You know, and uh, that's I'm a I'm a barber by trade by profession. I'm not a lawyer. I can't make those kind of decisions at all. You know, and I don't even know you know how the law stands. I just have a sense, a common sense that there's no way that a government. You know, I've been under 14 different presidents. I'm 77. I was born in 1942, so I'll be 78 pretty soon. And uh, you know, I've never had this kind of oppression in my life. Not even during the 60s. You know, during the, those oppressive days back then. And it was funny because the Democrat Party at that time, they were the ones who were for uh, equal rights and civil, civil rights and freedom of speech. And now it's completely turned around where we have this oppression coming from the left. I, I don't get it. I, I mean, uh, it, they've just completely done a turnaround. You know, and it's, uh, it's not my, uh, it's hardly my country anymore in so many different ways, you know. It's going to have to be these younger people who are going to have to pick up the baton. You seeing younger people um, supporting you? Oh, heavens yes. I got them sitting right here. I'm looking at them. You know, these guys are all, yeah, they're all younger than me. <laughs> I mean, they're all younger than me. But there, I do, I have some young guys here probably in their 20s, early 30s, you know, that's, there's one lad over here. He looks like he might be in about eighth grade. You know, so he's, yeah, I do. I have a whole bunch of people here that are just uh, real happy about it. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Keep your distance, Carl. Keep your distance. Um, so, so Carl, um, you, uh, uh, you talk about the right to that you, you feel trampled on. She would say, I would assume, she would say you're trampling on people's rights to be safe. How would you respond to that? Yeah, I believe if people feel that they, if they're so fearful, you know, that they can't leave their homes, then I suggest that they stay in their homes. But as an adult, as an American adult, you know, I believe that people can make their own decisions. We have guidelines here. You know, we have the social distancing here. We got the chairs separated. I got hand sanitizers. I've got a sanitizer. I keep my equipment in. I'm spraying the chair down after every person. You know, and it's just that people can they come in with a mask. I can't cut their hair with very well with a mask. Some of them want to leave it on. Some take it off. So you know, it's it's uh, as Americans. You know, I believe that we have as long as we have those guidelines and we're following them. You know, if they can do it in the Walmart stores, they can do it in the Kmart stores, they can do it in the grocery stores, yeah. you know, then I believe that I'm being discriminated against if they think that my clients are so immature that they can't handle this. You know, so I believe that as Americans, 
we have this right. She's not my mother by any stretch by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I'm sure her mother loves her, and yesterday she probably celebrated Mother's Day. But I've been in business longer than she's been alive, and there's no way that I'm going to close my business down. You know, for I, I, I get this sense, and I'm not sure I'm right or wrong, but I get this sense that every time the the Washington administration kind of chides her a little bit, she digs her heels in. I believe she has. And I can only assume this, she wants to be a rock star in the Democrat Party, and she's going to show her base how tough she is. And I'm just a little guy here in Owasso, Michigan, but I'm going to hold my ground. I don't care. You how, know, is she, could, how, is she perce- how is she perceived, Carl, up? Um, is, your, is your net wide enough to be able to talk to all kinds of different people? And, and, and how do you think people in Michigan are reacting to her? I had a group out here yesterday, or a day before yesterday, that had signs Democrats against Whitmer. So that was the Democrats against our governor. And there was a whole group of them out there. So, you know, I, I don't believe that she's getting the support that she is hoping to get. I think that, the, you know, that the people in Michigan, uh, you know, we're, we're a pretty independent bunch here. You know, we're... we're uh, uh, there are people that are fearful enough to stay in their homes and that kind of thing, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm not going to live my life in fear. There's enough landmines I can step on, you know, inadvertently just walking out of my house any given day. So I've been through the swine flu. I matter of fact, I went through the polio scare back in the day, and I'm not diminishing mm-hmm. any of these any at, at all. But I do think you know with the precautions that are laid out for the WalMarts, the Kmart's, the big box stores. I can also comply to the same, same standards. Carl, you remind me of my father. It is good to talk to you, sir. Well, it's good to talk thank to you. Thank you so much, Carl. Yeah, I've been following your career for yeah. years. Yeah, I'm behind you. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we're behind you. Carl Mankey, uh, owner of Carl Mankey's Barber and Beauty Shop <laughs> up in uh, in Michigan. I love the guy. Uh, you know... I do too. What he, I've been looking forward to this all weekend. Uh, what he just said, uh, I, I want you to recognize the language that he just used and how it probably resonated with you. He kept saying, you know, there's this sense that I have this. I don't know. I just, I'm just applying common sense. There's this sense that I have. That is the revolutionary phrase that rocked the world. That is what Thomas Paine wrote about common sense. There's this common sense that just says this isn't right, that I I have these rights and you can't as the king tell me that I can't do business or I can't do it this way or I can't trade my goods or I can't live over here and mind my own business. You can tell me that I can't kill people, but you can't. You can't come round me up because I disagree with the king or I won't play by some of his rules that don't make any sense. Carl, that uh, message that he just delivered is a modern day common sense. 